0: We're live, baby. This guy's frozen. We talk fantasy, another edition here of the fantasy football podcast. What a smooth start out of the gates for me there as I was just staring at the screen. Our visual side gets a nice treat of me looking like was it heat miser from the Christmas movies? Just a, a frowny face staring at it. All right, no more stalling. This is the fantasy football podcast, the place you want here on Constituble Media. Before we get into all the talk from this week. Let's tell you about our friends over at Northeastern Insurance, Jared Lozier, 2022. We're counting down the days till the next year is officially here. And when you start looking at your budget, and your finances, are you spending things on your house, your car, the things that are most important in your life and you're spending too much? You need someone to shop around the market to find the right prices for you. And that guy is Jared Lozier. Email him today. J-A-R-E-D-L at ne J-A-R-E-D-L at N-E-Mail.com to help you with all your financial needs. Or give a call, 518-956-3753. 518-956-3753. Jared Lozier, Northeastern Insurance, helping you get ready for 2022 and to insure all the things that are important to you. This holiday season into 2022. All right, see, look at that. Even with the delay, I nailed the Jared Northeastern insurance. Reed, we love Jared. Well, the guy on your visual side in the top right corner may not be a fan of mine right now. We've been having a little situation involving the Heisman Trophy vote. And if you follow this podcast, you know Mr. Kyle Ray is a big Michigan State fan. I had a feeling he was going to have a beef with me. Before we get into the fantasy talk, Kyle, uh, the floor is yours if you're still my friend. What happened? You saw my Heisman vote. The 1-2-3 went. Bryce Young, Aiden Hutchinson, and Kenny Pickett. Uh, you seem to disagree.
1: I had no problem with two of them, and it happens to be the two quarterbacks.
0: Um, I'm
1: putting my Michigan State fandom aside because, obviously, when, when you sit there and go, go green, go white, you're going to absolutely despise a, a Hutchinson regardless of what you do. I still believe Kenneth Walker should have been the fourth. I don't think he was one, two, or three. He should have been the fourth invited. That one I will stick with. I know he had terrible games against Nebraska and Ohio State where he was hurt. But when you look at when you look at the four best players and Kenneth Walker winning the Maxwell Award, he is the first Heisman or er, Maxwell Award winner ever to not make it to the Heisman ceremony. He was One of the best – you cannot say he's the best because there are too many different positions. He was one of the best college football players this year behind a mediocre Michigan State line. My issue with Hutchinson is just like I feel like every other outlet out there right now, they are loving this kid because he sets a narrative for Jim Harbaugh and the blue-blood Michigan Wolverines. People start drooling over, oh, he set the Michigan record for sacks. Guys – it was 12 sacks. Let's not act like it was an Ohio State record of like 17. It was 12 sacks. He aver- He averaged one a game. Let's chill out with that narrative. Now the argument that everybody everybody talks through, like, oh well, all these, some of these other guys had 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 bum games. Yeah, so did he. Like, he had like I said, he averaged one sack. He had a bunch of games where he had two or three sacks. What do he do in the other ones? What do he do against Kenneth Walker? Three tackles, one sack, zero tackles for loss. Hmm. That seems like a pretty shitty game for a Heisman finalist. Now let's talk about him not even being the best defensive player. I mean, come on. Wilson Jr. Out of it, was it Wilson Jr.? Am I messing up that name?
0: No. Anderson. Will Anderson, yeah.
1: Yeah. Anderson was a far better player. Now, again, you cannot compare Anderson and Hutchinson completely because one is an outside is a linebacker, one is a defensive end. Defensive ends are measured on sacks, tackles for loss. Linebackers tackles and sacks. You can you can throw the argument of tackles for loss, but when you're in Anderson's position, he's a blitzing linebacker, he's going to need to get sacks. How does Anderson not get the nod over Hutchinson? I'm I'm a passionate believer of this bullshit narrative that it's Michigan, that he set a record, that he brought his team to the to the, the Big Ten Championship for the first time in a decade. And now uh, Jim Harbaugh is off the hot seat. Is Hutchinson a good end? Is he probably one of the best? 100%. You, won't, you will not get an argument out of me out of that. The dude's strong, he's quick, he, he shows some really good moves. But again, you're bringing a guy over there for a narrative and a storyline, not because he was the best player. So that's my issue with everybody, not just you guys, everybody putting Hutchinson in there. Was he Heisman vote worthy? Sure. Did he have some good – did he did he make an impact on a lot of things? Sure. But I would have easily – if Kenneth Walker was out of this situation, like say he had a garbage game, I still would have taken the Ohio State quarterback over him.
0: CJ Stroud we're talking about there. Yeah, there's a lot to that. So let me go first with the Hutchinson thing. I, f- I feel for my – by the way, thank you for keeping your personal insults to me at a minimum, unlike social <laughs> media when I posted my Heisman ballot. More personal insults than I would have, but that's a part of the gig, right? The insults will yep. come. Anyways, uh, <laughs> so uh, Hutchinson, right? I had him on my list since week two when I was over let's just say at the Turning Stone casino, watching him play against Washington. I'm like, hey, who's that 97? He's a hell of a ball player. I don't know why I turned into Harry Carey on that Bachelor party, but. I had him on my list the entire season. And then, like you said, it's almost frustrating because no one's talking about the guy for the entire year. No one's talking about him before kickoff of Ohio State as a true National Player of the Year contender. And then all of a sudden he goes from off the board to second place. He's really good. GodzillaMedia.com, if you want to see more of the breakdown of why. I feel like he actually might have changed the way in which we look at players and evaluate them. For the stat nerds, the war of college football might have been discovered by a certain website. Here's what I feel for Kenneth Walker. I love the point you bring up about the Maxwell. The problem with the Maxwell is why the hell are the ballots due so early? I voted. Kyle, I don't think I told you this. I voted Kenneth Walker to win the Maxwell. He was my number one vote because they put in the ballots so early. They're like three weeks ahead of the Heisman. Where it's like at that point, Kenneth Walker was number one on the list of the best player in the country. So I totally get it. If you're a Michigan State fan, you're looking at this like, how is he named the best player in the country? And then doesn't get invited to New York City for it. Uh I just wish if you were a Michigan State fan, he would have played better in those two games we touched on there the Ohio State game, the Purdue game. Hutchinson was the best player on the field against Stroud, one to one. Young was the best player on the field against Georgia. Pickett was the best player against the opponents he faced. So that's kind of where I stand there. I wanted Kenneth Walker to win. Uh for the audio side, you didn't see this. I'm gonna let Chet respond. He just did the Dave Batista WWE thumbs down move to Chet. Go ahead, man.
2: I just I'm gonna hold a grudge against that pick quarterback, even though they've already changed the rule. That fake slide. Yeah. People are very 50-50 on it. Some people think it was a great play and it was athletic. F that, man. I hated that play. He took advantage of how defenses have to play now and how protected quarterbacks are. For those of you that don't know, he had an, an, a long 50-plus yard run where about midway through he faked a QB slide and then took off for the remainder of the run for a touchdown. And I just, I just thought it was cheap. You're taking advantage of how defenses can't touch quarterbacks, and he honestly deserves to get crushed the next time he runs because if you want to be protected, fine. If you want to try to pull that shit, dude, you deserve to get walloped. Because it just – we all get – back in our day, you know, like <laughs> all of us that are in our 30s, you know, back in the day, it was very celebrated with how hard-hitting football was. And that's changed, and I understand why. You know, CTE is a concern. Concussions are a concern. And we want to see the best players stay healthy, especially in a quarterback-driven league, whether it's the NFL or college. But to, do, to pull that shit and, like – it's not it wasn't a juke. You, you fake went down – for your own safety, and then the entire defense stopped, and then you ran, I, I hated it. So every time I hear his name, I cringe.
0: By the way, also on the audio side, you might have missed this. This is why i got to come over to our visual side, not just because of our great sponsor, but because of the faces we make. During Chet's rant, Kyle swung his hat back forward. If you forgot, Pitt in Michigan State will face off in a year or six game.
2: And, and did he to announce start. that he's going to play? I heard that he like hinted at it.
0: He has been saying he's going to decide next week. So by the time you listen to this, Kenny Pickett might say no. If I had to wager whether or not he's going to play, I said F, I would guess no chance. Right. Fifty games he's played in college. He doesn't need a fifty first to show what he looks like.
2: Yeah.
0: The the the
1: only other point, guys, that I I want to make just because you were you were talking about how he how the two games Ohio State and Purdue. Um, the the flaw for Kenneth Walker, which is a fair flaw, but I also think it's a flaw in the Michigan State offense um Kenneth Walker doesn't get any receiving touches we have a receiving back in Elijah Collins that mostly plays in Simmons the entire OSU game we were behind because Jay Johnson for some reason wanted to throw the ball 100 times against Ohio State which doesn't make sense to me but that's that's okay um the Purdue game the only thing that I pointed out to guys on in in group text was he was 22 for 136 6.2 per carry one touchdown he was two catches 20 yards he just doesn't catch the ball. And when Jay Johnson has to flip his offense because he's stubborn and doesn't want to run the ball and, and doesn't want to establish the run, that's what happens with Kenneth Walker. He's just not the receiving back. And the only other intangible that I think a lot of people miss um, is when you look at fumbles. Kenneth Walker had one fumble on the entire year. Now, granted, it was against Purdue. Um, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it was early in the game and it was when Purdue was up like 10 nothing or something like that. So it was it an was important one. But he that that is total fumbles on the entire year. He didn't fumble one other time. And get it, he the one fumbling he had, he lost it. So one fumble on the entire year, one lost fumble. I just don't see how you can you cannot include him in a top four. Um, the,
0: yeah, I was gonna say the exciting part about Kenneth Walker too. As good as a player he, as he is, there is a really good chance in a few months from now, we or in the future, we will be talking about him as potentially what the highest scoring, highest valued fantasy football rookie at some point if he hits please, the next level. buffalo yeah please. now besides the fact of the passion of the Spartan fan that is Ray Ray and uh Chet's despisal despisal how do you despise oh, I like words yeah right of uh, Kenny Pickett there's also another reason we let off with Heisman talk today it's because our ballots are being cast now for the fantasy football regular season MVP. If you disagree with our picks, if you like our picks, don't forget you can interact with the show on social media to offer up your own picks for your fantasy football MVP. So here's what we're doing. Top three. Uh, First place gets three points. Second place gets two points. Third place gets one point, just like the Heisman here. If you guys don't mind, I kind of want to go first on this one. Unless somebody wants to jump the gun. I kind of want to go first.
2: Just quick, quick timeout and let people know we do not know each other's ballots. It's hidden at this point. Gaz, are you going to be the one tallying as the yes. expert on this panel? <laughs> yes. Okay, Hobart, education. <laughs> Hobart education.
1: Right. Hobart education. And
2: how do you want to do it? Do you want to do it in inverse so you will reveal your number three and work your way up? Yeah, I like that. Okay. I like that. All right. the, build. that I the, rule, the rule set plays. I like it.
0: All right. So my third on my ballot is Austin Eckler, running back chargers. Now, here's the thing with Eckler. I like Eckler because he likely was a first-round draft pick for you. He probably sat near the bottom of the first round. Hell, if you got lucky, maybe he even bumped to the second round. And this was, to quote ESPN's Matthew Barry, a ride-or-die pick for somebody. that they said, my entire season success is going to depend on the success of Austin Eckler. Where he goes, my team will go. And he cashed in, and he was great. With the overall injuries to the entire running back position, the value of Austin Eckler even increased because of how much more difficult it found to be a player like Eckler. So I have him at three.
2: Can I, can I jump in real quick? Sure. Two sure. things. One great point
0: about the injuries,
2: because if you remember, going into week one, Eckler had an injury scare. And we didn't know what it was, how serious it was going to be he has somehow found a way to hover around questionable for most of the season and has delivered almost every game, which is super impressive with all the other injuries we had to deal with. Not so fun fact. And I sent you guys this audio clip in our Twitter DM. I asked you guys in the preseason, would you rather have Austin Eckler or Saquon Barkley? Gaz, you chose Barkley. Kyle chose Eckler. So bravo to, to Kyle to seeing that Eckler was going to have a,
0: a monster season. Gaz, Why'd you go stake one? I don't know. <laughs> I feel bad about it too. Uh, <laughs> and number two, I have Cooper Cup, the standout wide receiver for the Rams, and how well he played and everything that he had. And number one, Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, number one for me.
2: I love it. I absolutely love it. I'll I'll jump in next, Kyle. Uh, my number three, and this one was tough. And we talked about this in our DM. I feel like this was the most. Um, I don't know if you'll call it controversial. A lot of guys you could make an argument for. I thought about Austin Eckler. Very deserving at number three. He's probably my number four. Going Debo Samuel as my number three uh, fantasy MVP. Wide receiver two in terms of average points per game. That's in a half PPR scoring. Is he a wide receiver? Is he a running back? It doesn't matter. and That's what I kind of loved about putting him in the MVP ballot, similar to the Heisman. Very versatile player. 11 total touchdowns, over a 1,000 receiving yards. He had five fantasy games over 20 points this season. Has scored a touchdown in every game since week 10, excluding the game he missed in week 13 with that groin injury. But uh, Debo Samuel, who, by the way, Kyle, I know Gaz is dealing with a baby right now. Debo Samuel is my number one reach. If you go back, I I, I found the tape. I said Debo Samuel is my number one reach. Uh, I knew he had this kind of potential. It was all about could he stay healthy for the majority of the season, which he has. Love me some Debo Samuel. My number two, I copy Govs. I'm going Cooper Cup. Uh, and I really thought he has a good case to actually be number one. Um, but I put him in at number two. He is wide receiver one on a historic pace. Uh, he's averaging in half point PPR, 21 and a half points per game. Only Jerry Rice has averaged more in a season back in 1995. Double digits in every week except for one. And he has had eight 20-point outputs this season. He has been the definition of consistent. Um, You can count on him every single week. Cooper Cup has been nothing short of amazing. Like Oz, I am also going with Jonathan Taylor at number one. I feel like it's kind of a cop-out where, similar to how quarterbacks get the MVP in the NFL, running backs, because of how uh, you know vital the position is, a lot of guys get injured. Jonathan Taylor has been just awesome. Zero touchdowns in week one through three. 18 touchdowns over the last 10 weeks. He has seven 100-yard rushing games this year. The dude has just been awesome. That's the only way I can think of. He's been awesome in that indie offense. We all kind of slept on him a little bit. Jonathan Taylor is my MVP. And guys, for a recap, I had Debo at number three, Cup at two, Taylor at one.
1: All right. Uh, so there's a theme here that people are seeing. Uh, all of our third picks are different.
2: Yes. I knew it. Actually, Goss I didn't know that for you. I thought you were going to go Eckler, Kyle. So I'm is
1: currently talking and we can't hear him either.
0: I was going to say this one thing that if for those who are, again, watching, listening, I just want to post a W like they do on Twitter. I got up. Rex woke up. I ran upstairs. I put him back to bed in under three minutes. So that's a dad posting a W on this (laughs) podcast. So write that down. What kind of tranquilizer gun do you use?
1: (laughs) Uh, We're going to need that when we figure out how to get a kid.
0: Yeah, for real. I'll come over now. My daycare service is just open after that move I just pulled. All right, now that I just danced in the end zone, he'll probably wake up in another 20 minutes. Kyle, go right. <laughs> so, so yeah,
1: I I struggled with my number three. I am very. I was telling guys before the show, I struggle to get a get two people, or excuse me, get um get the same position in a Heisman ballot like this, unless it's close. And I really don't feel like we really had that this year. So I originally this is not my number three was going Josh Allen because he has been the number one quarterback. He's, mm. he's had those big games and I agree. And this was not a good pick at all, but I had recently changed it. And for the main reason, because I, when you look at an average draft position, what the anticipation was from their, um, what they're going to do for the year and, and the expectations of what he's done over the last 10 weeks, I put James Conner as number three. What I, I think Chet and I both agreed that James Conner is garbage throughout the uh, as the year started. And he's not worth the draft pick. Um, he he's usually going in the seventh, sixth, seventh, eighth round. But you can't deny what he's been doing recently for an Arizona team that was is without Chase Edmonds um, and is still winning games. The last uh, six weeks, obviously he has a buy in there. He has been over 12 points each week and every week it's, it feels like it's been grow, growing, growing. Actually, seven, because of last night's game, the stats aren't even in there yet with a (laughs) 29-point output. Um, So when you look at what James Conner did over the last couple weeks, uh, he had one, or excuse me, two games over the last eight weeks with no touchdown, uh, three multi-touchdown games. um, And that's including usage in the beginning of the year when Edmonds was expected to be the primary back, which was really low the first two games. The other thing that I looked at when talking about um, an MVP from a – um fantasy side is how many times did they go under their projected total james connor is the lowest on mine with three total times under their projected and that in two of those were in weeks one and two so the only week he was under his 13.4 projected he got 12.4 was week 10 so wow. definitely an interesting stat line there he peaked at a high of 35 uh in week nine you can't deny what James Conner did for a lot of people. He may have gotten people into playoffs and or might win them a championship, especially if uh Edmonds continues to sit out. So I didn't hate the pick, but I also didn't love it. So I think it is a very big gap between three and two and one. But I gotta give the nod to, to what James Conner did this year. And a close, another close running back that you can put an honorable mention is Cordell, Cordero Patterson. When uh, my number two, Jonathan Taylor.
2: I knew, yep. I knew it.
1: I yep. knew it. Yep. You did and I, I expected you to know that. So when yeah. you look at what Jonathan Taylor did this year, can't deny it. Phenomenal year. Unreal. Um, Four times under his projected. It felt like every single week he was getting better and better and better and better. Um, and then just the, the difference between RB1 right now and RB2 uh, is like 70 points. It's unreal. And, I mean, for God's sakes, Derek Henry is still RB four right now, so um, you can't. I, I don't need to continue to reiterate what these two said about Jonathan Taylor as the number one. Um, I definitely think this was really close um, between Taylor and my number one. Uh, but I, I loved what Jonathan Taylor did. Uh, absolutely manimal. Um, and then is, my number is, one
2: is number one Kenneth Walker.
1: No, unfortunately, <laughs> oh, God. oh okay. he, he sat out this year in the NFL. Okay, um, okay. <laughs> Uh, number one is Cooper Cup for me. Um, I also, one of my big reasons I put Cooper Cup uh, at number one was not only was it the points that he was putting up, the consistency he was putting it up. Um, he was, if you look at like how I talked about uh, under um, projected, he was he was one that was under five times. Um, however, my deciding factor between Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup was ADP. Uh, Jonathan Taylor was a clear first round pick. Uh, Cooper Cup was a fourth, third, fourth, fifth pick, depending on your league. So, Cup, again, you had your RB1 more than like your, your RB2. Then you probably had a wide receiver one, and then Cooper Cup was your wide receiver two at some point, probably. But there you go. As your wide receiver two, you had the number one wide receiver. So, that's what separated it for me uh, was the average draft position. Uh, uh, Fantasy Pros has him at third round. Uh, draft number sixty-nine, which in twelve-man nice. leads would obviously break it down to fourth. So it depends. Nice. Um, we are such
2: children. <laughs> yeah.
1: But uh, Cooper Cup is definitely was definitely my um, my number one, and I I know Chet Chet hit it uh, in his segment. Um, but look at his twenty-point games, like yeah. in yeah. It, in those twenty-point games too, it wasn't even close. It was Cooper Cup getting separation after separation, and you felt like he could have probably caught seven more passes for another hundred yards and two more touchdowns. Um, so there's my number one Cooper cup. Um, so when you look at the final standings, Jonathan Taylor squeaks it out by one.
0: That's right. So yeah, there it is eight, seven, Jonathan Taylor with eight points, Cooper cup with seven, and then a three way tie for third place. And I'm sure, look, we had Debo, we had Eckler, we had James Conner. We could have tossed Josh Allen out there. We could have had Justin Herbert. We could have had Tom Brady, maybe in the mix. A lot of other people potentially could have been out there and grabbed that spot. Wouldn't it be great if, like, Derrick Henry still got a vote? You know, <laughs> okay, my I, I team's really thought good about because it. He's
2: still, it's amazing that he still averaged more per game than Jonathan Taylor, as great as Taylor's been. It just shows the kind of season and the pace that, that Derrick Henry was on. There was no denying he was going to be in that conversation if he stayed healthy.
1: Can, can we also hit on, too, is this one of the – when was the last time, if you had to think of a fantasy football MVP, a quarterback wasn't even discussed? In the top three.
2: it's a good question.
1: When you look at last year, Josh Allen, I think, was clearly like, "Holy, holy crap!" Josh Allen's going off. Right. Yeah, the next two years, Patrick Mahomes, the year before, and Lamar Jackson. Um, the, a couple years before that, I mean, Tom Brady was electric in a lot of those years. You also had um, some other quarterbacks. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron yeah. Rodgers. I to forget. Like, I can't remember the last time I sat here and go, "Huh, top five? There's not even a, a quarterback in there."
0: Right. You know what? I want to follow up on that. Is it because so many fantasy leagues, and this has been become like the, the top, eh, like the, the positive topic thing to do, like, all right, the value of quarterbacks is low because you can get a really good quarterback if you wait. You know what I'm talking about? Like the drafting strategy is wait, wait, wait. And it's not wrong. Like you could have done that again this season. You could have waited on Jalen Hurts and got some pretty good points out of that. You could have played for some other people and got some points there too. So that's I think that's the answer. Unless you guys feel different about it, that, we always view quarterbacks as someone you can wait on. And then when you wait on them and they score, they're like, "All right, I could have flipped anybody into that spot with them." Like, how yeah. far did, down did Brady go for some of these leagues?
2: Yeah, Tom, you bring up Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford. Um, I think one of the few misses later in the rounds was Ryan Tannehill. Um, but for the most part, a lot of those. Kirk Cousins was a great late, I and mean, you could have even been in a waiver wire add. Um, but a lot of those guys put up equal or better numbers to the quarterbacks we expected to be much higher. So I'm always in that boat where I will rarely ever reach on a quarterback or go really early because there's such a discrepancy in, you know, you can get a quarterback in the 10th round. You can't get an RB one in the 10th round. Um, unless maybe another guy you bring up Kyle, that I thought about number three, when you bring up James Conner is Leonard Fournette also in that situation of. I don't think any of us expected him to be the clear-cut RB1 over Ronald Jones and put up the numbers he has. Um, but because of that, quarterbacks are always going to be available later in the rounds, and it's, it is deeper than maybe it's ever been before when it comes to fantasy because a lot of these quarterbacks can run.
0: Yep. All right, let's enter the Johnstone Supply and Troy Mailbag. Now that we've got our own awards, we got a question here this week, but before we... Give you that question. It does have a little playoff implications. Whether you're in the playoffs or out, there's a little tease for you. I want to tell you about our friends at Johnstone Supply and Troy. Upgrade your furnace today. The Goodman furnaces are now in stock. And if you're hosting your friends or family this holiday season, you want to make sure your home is as safe as it can possibly be. Some of those things include making sure your air filters are changed, making sure your nests are updated. And by updated, I mean batteries. And they haven't expired a year and a half ago. Thank you, Tom, over at Johnstone Supply Troy for helping with that. And whatever else you might need in your home this holiday season, the air purification and more. Johnstone Supply and Troy has the tools and everything you need and a nice safe ladder to hang up your Christmas lights if you're waiting now, less than almost 10 days away from Christmas. Johnstone Supply and Troy on 6th Avenue can help you with all those things this holiday season. Give them a call. Check them out and more. 518-272-5922. 518 518- Two seven two five nine two two. That is the number of Johnstone Supply in Troy. What's up to George and Tom and Kevin James and all the great people over there? Make it a part of your holidays this year. Stop over to Johnstone Supply in Troy. Proud sponsor of the We Talk Fantasy Mailbag. Can I just can I just quickly throw in there that Gauz read part of that with his eyes
2: closed. He has like sun looked like coming through his window, but this guy is so solid at reading that he didn't even need to read he's got it memorized <laughs> this, this is why this is why he's the king of gaza media
0: shit <laughs> i will tell you so many people who i've co-hosted with before whether it's levack wolf way back in the day have commented on the gaza eyes closed how do you pull that off how do you do that amazing I, I think it's like a sensory thing right like what do they say like if you're using too many senses at once one of them shuts down you know like If you, like, are deaf or you're blind, the other senses make it better. (laughs) That's that's (laughs) like the LeBron or the – not so much LeBron. The Michael Jordan free throw. Yep. It's the guys read. That's amazing. Bravo. All right. Here's the question I have for you coming from our our guy, Greg, out in Utica. Shout out to Greg for this one. I like this question. Okay. If your team is out of the playoffs, doesn't matter how big the league is. Eight teams, six teams, four teams. If a team is no longer eligible for the playoffs, should their rosters be locked? In other words, let's say, for instance, we'll just, sorry, sorry, Lamar Jackson, people. Let's say Lamar Jackson gets hurt, like a, I don't know, McSorley, if he's even the guy. You guys know the point I'm going here. Like, if a rookie steps in for an injured quarterback and they want that as a potential keeper, should non-playoff teams have their rosters locked during the playoffs no
2: question the reason they locked like they can't drop people or they can't add people both uh I would say it depends it depends if you have a consolation bracket which determines if there's a punishment in your league which I highly recommend um, but yeah I mean unless there's nothing absolutely nothing to play for yeah there's no reason to add anybody but you should have a consolation bracket, and if you're in a dynasty league, keep playing. The season the season's not over yet.
1: Yeah, I'm 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 way on the no train, uh, and the main reason being because of the the consolation bracket. You should you only we only get 12 weeks of 11, 12 weeks of fantasy football. Like because you're out of the playoffs doesn't mean like I feel like that would also be not fair to people who actually like want to continue to try to get better and not finish last. Like I feel like if you're playing fantasy football, you're doing it because you're a little bit competitive, you like to have a little bit of fun.
2: Have some fun. Why
1: the hell would you want to finish last? Right. But to Chet's point, if you do not have a pushman in your league, you better you need to get on board because it is heart racing when you are spot eleven and twelve and fighting for the for not being last because uh, you may have to go to a waffle house and eat twenty four hours worth of pancakes and every pancake you eat or waffle you eat drops an hour. I mean
2: or this year's or this year's punishment, I don't know if I told you this, guys. Whoever comes in last in our Dynasty League, based on the consolation bracket, has to go to an open Mike Knight comedy show and do a set.
0: Ooh, that, that's worse than the Waffle House.
2: That's, that's worse than the Pancake House. That's As, hard. that is
0: whoo, and it's gotta be filmed
2: to be shared with the group. So you have to have yep. somebody come with you to document that you did it and then shared with the the Dynasty League.
0: That for some people is the number one fear. Like they, I mean, just the the potential of bombing on stage in front of people. Just Um, right. And what I will say, uh, because every league is different and how we do it in
2: our dynasty league, which might be different than a lot of leagues, is we do not turn off trades. So trades can happen throughout the entire season, except for, and this is how we try to make up for, you know, you can't roster dump your team to somebody else. If you make the playoffs, you are not allowed to trade, so your trade deadline is like a, is fake. It's invisible, but it exists. If you're in the playoffs in the winner bracket, you cannot trade. You're locked in. Once you lose and you drop into a consolation bracket, trading is still on. However, like we just mentioned with the consolation bracket, good luck dumping your team if you're in the consolation bracket and you have a chance of finishing in last, and you might have to do a comedy set. So that's how we try to balance <laughs> it out, where we want teams. To try to get better and try to build their dynasty value. We also have you can trade draft picks. So there's a lot of future planning that you can do in these final this final month of the season, but we also want to deter you from giving away all your best players and
0: running the risk of coming in last. I know why Greg asked this question because Greg is in a league of mine. I'm on He used to be the king of this, where his season would end. And then as quick as possible, like let's say he got bumped in the first round, he would run to the waivers as fast as possible. Be like, all right, season's over, boys. Let me grab some players before we hit the dynasty, just so someone else couldn't potentially keep them now. Look, in a one-keeper league that we play in, you're not going to keep anybody. Like, It's it's a cool idea if it's a dynasty league because you get a few, but even like the value of those guys who are on the waivers by week 17 Mm -hmm. is probably not going to be kept anyways. I get the point, like maybe some crazy (laughs) preseason thing or some trade, I don't know. But I like the idea, if you don't have what you guys have, which is a play for the punishment, lock them up. Like You're basically trying to spoil somebody else's season. If you're not competing for anything, all you are is playing spoiler and not a fun spoiler like changing a playoff spot or changing. If you're in a money league, you're costing somebody money. You don't want to mess with somebody's wallet. So unless you're playing for something fun like the stand-up comedy set or the pancake house or the waffle house or whatever, lock the roster up. Lock it up.
2: I actually have a mailbag question as well. And this comes from Tim Bob. Um, So Tim Bob uh, is playing in a league where, uh, let me see if I can pull up his exact question, but the gist of it was that um, at the beginning of the season, the commissioner said that it was a $20 buy in, okay? But never shared his Venmo with the group. And so Tim Bob asked the commissioner, hey, what's your Venmo? And the commissioner said, ah, don't worry about it right now. So so the league dues were not paid right away. A week before the postseason begins in the fantasy league, the commissioner oh, no. so happens to be the number one seed and is now asking everyone to send in their $20. Fair or foul, should you have to pay in this situation where I think you guys are both figuring it out, the commissioner wanted to make sure he was in the playoffs before he made people pay.
1: Foul. <laughs> scummy.
2: Isn't that bad? Yeah. I And, and I was on – Um, because I'm actually in this league as well with Tim Bob. Uh, so I knew when he sent it in, I was like, I know exactly what this is in reference to. Um, I was one of the teams on the outside looking in when that text came in. I have since made the playoffs in that league. And now I am torn. Because I did not pay the Venmo right away. So there's my answer. I saw what was happening. I was like, dude, you're just trying to get our money now because you know you're in the running for it. Uh, But now that I have a chance in the money as well, I'm like, well, do I send my money now (laughs) to try to make sure I can recoup (laughs) them? I feel like it was just a scummy
0: move. Uh, Kyle, I'm going to let you go first because you almost jumped on it. You're also Team Scum here with Chad.
1: So I unfortunately had a very
0: similar scenario
1: uh, happen to me in a a fantasy league, uh, except I was never paid (laughs) versus – Hate that. So you sent in your money, so – I if, you're, if you are in any sort of money league, and money is not due before right. the draft, before, before, not a week after, not after week two, before the draft, I'm not paying you. It's right. not happening. I'm not getting burnt like that ever again. And if other people don't pay, then kick their ass out. I right. want them gone out of their league because that is, the, that is the definition of scummy. They need to put all those players on their bench. They don't drop them. They sit there. And every week you play that, it's a bye week. But – no, that is completely scummy. Uh, I'm out of that league as fast as possible Uh, because that's just shady business. Yep.
0: I've kind of changed my take on this over the last five years. What I mean is that back in the day when there wasn't Venmo, it was a lot harder. I don't know if you guys are good. We all kind of live not where our hometown was. Yep. So you might get a few windows of a weekend where you're home for the draft and you're like, all right, I got to collect everybody's money if you are. And somebody might be like, oh, man, I didn't bring it or I got half. Or, you know, I'll hit you. I'll see you in a couple. Some people would forget to bring their money due at the draft. So then it was just like a hassle to chase. Them down. At least now with a system like Venmo, you have everybody's stuff right there to defend this commissioner, which I don't know him personally. He could make the argument that look, it doesn't matter if you pay me in August or December, I'm not paying anybody till January. So like the money's not going anywhere. Now, if he planned on making it a free league, that's a whole different story, or it might come back to bite him anyways. And if he loses in the first round, that potentially happens. Uh, to Kyle's point, about people not get paid. So here's the situation with that. Even with somebody who doesn't pay, here's what i am telling. them. Okay, um, I don't know. Let's say they go to the championship, right? Whatever the league do is, you dock it off them. Like, hey, you didn't pay to get in, but we're docking you the fee. And they'll probably be like, oh, of course, they won money. But if you go the whole next year, you know what I'm saying, like, Hey, you didn't pay for your 2021 buy in and now you're trying to get back into 2022. Here's what we're doing. Either you're going to double your fee because you didn't pay last year. You're going to give the money to whoever it is. Like you made them wait, like a scum that you are, or you're out of the league. Yeah. Like, here's what's happening. Either you're giving the money to that person who won the championship the money right now, or you're just going to not pay again and you're out of the league. So, like that, with the no, thank you, because it's completely changed the way in which I evaluate oh my how God. the transactions it. go.
2: I had, not even that long ago, a few years ago, and Kyle was in this league as well, I had to send a check, a personal check in the mail. And I was like, dude, Venmo is a thing for – like I think Venmo was created by a fantasy manager for this exact reason, the pain in the ass of sending a check when people are living in different states or different cities.
1: I, I had to think there was a check.
2: Yeah, right? No. And, dude, <laughs> let me tell you, people that are probably about five, six years younger than us have never even had a checkbook. They don't even know yeah. what it is. Like, they know what it is, but they've never had to use one. And so, yeah, we're definitely at the very tail end of that. And thank God Venmo is here to, to save us.
0: Even though we're at the end of the checkbook world, I used to hear the phrase balance your checkbook. Oh my and God. I just like are, was baffled yeah. by that. I know. And, that, and
2: that's like funny. I still think about that. I have like a, I'll get like a sweat. <laughs> I'll break into a sweat of like, am I supposed to be balancing my checkbook? I'm like, no check. We have online banking now. Like, <laughs> you only balance your checkbook so you don't over withdraw. And we can just check on our phone how much money is in our bank. It's so, cool.
0: also, oh, yeah. Also, the old lady who's at the grocery store who writes a check for the groceries. Yep. You are on a we'll whole new that every now. Grandma. Uh, wow, you're a dinosaur. All right. I like the feedback we got last week from the previews. Kyle, I don't know if your Twitter lit up like mine for the Heinzman of, the, dare I say, since we talk stand-up comedy, a roast that you felt like some people got. I thought you were very fair to all the other teams. Some people complained, and said, Kyle was too hard on my team at Hooters. No, he wasn't. All right? He gave it to you honest. Straight. Yeah, but, like a shot without a mixer.
1: You want, you want me to cuddle you and give you a participation award?
0: That's Hell right. Hell no. No, it's not the happening.
1: Team looked like shit. Own it.
0: <laughs> now, I'll see if I get the same type of heat as we do our, I'm calling it your league, our take. Or our takes. And before we get to that, we're going to talk about the Stadium League, right? Coming up here with you two. Previewing the playoffs.
2: The Dynasty League.
0: The Dynasty League. All right. Mm-hmm. So before we get to that, I think Chet's going to work on pulling this up here on the screen. Or Kyle, somebody's going, going to pull me it up. Kyle. But, Paul, before, right, we cool.
2: pull, before we pull yeah, that up, yeah. Uh yeah, Holding. Kyle, can 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 my team receive an apology? Last week. No, I, you're we're not honestly, getting an apology. I was, I was honestly a little bit worried myself. But I feel like my guys... Felt disrespected with some of you're the welcome. comments you were made. Welcome. And I think my team won in the quarterfinals by 80 points. <laughs> so, apology would be accepted. You can send them all Christmas gifts if you would like. Um, I think we all owe Dalvin Cook an apology because I was like, please don't play. And he put up, I think, his best game of the season by far. Um, but should we give an update on the Godzilla? On the, I know Gaz probably doesn't want to give an update on what happened in the quarterfinal. But uh, there was there was controversy because so number I number one seed I had a blowout victory thanks to Thursday night football KJ Osborne I don't care if you pushed off you're the man um, so that one was taken care of in the matchup of what we thought are the two best teams came down to Monday night football in a dramatic fashion uh, Woodsy who lost Lamar Jackson still found a way to pull out a victory uh, thanks to his guys because he's the one that I believe had Cooper Cup yes yeah. Um, so he pulls out the victory, but then in one of the other quarterfinal matchups and what we thought was the matchup of the two worst teams in the playoffs, no offense to them, one David of the managers John, yeah. left in David Johnson, who was ruled out and he still won his matchup. <laughs> How ridiculous is that? And you, and and people said I was harsh. <laughs> Uh, and then, guys, in the final quarterfinal matchup, uh, gut wrenching loss. Had a chance. Came down to David Montgomery versus Aaron Jones, and I believe on back to back offensive plays, Aaron Jones scored touchdowns, and that was that was the difference.
0: Oh, to watch your fantasy football love for twenty twenty one break your heart and end your season was hurt, hurt. But you know what? I some of these matchups, I know people won't want to have this attitude to I hand. I did everything I could for that lineup. You shrug your shoulders. You're like.
2: Oh, wait, because there were some lineup. Maybe the play of the year. And, it, it, yeah, it didn't, it didn't pay off. I mean, it paid off, but it didn't make the, the final <laughs> difference, I should say.
0: So, Chet, now in the semis, you will get Dan representing Hooters. And on the other side, over the bars, Matt Woods will take on Brace Olinsky's sports with the Zena tee. I can see the trophy. I can see the belt, I should say, sitting right over there. I don't want to grab it, though, because my microphone will probably fall off and everything else. So I'll tease that for next week. So we'll debut the belt for that one. Uh, before we get into the preview for the Dynasty League, I got to tell you about Mohawk Honda. Do next it. The month. Go ahead. Yeah. December. Close your eyes while you do it. <laughs> you know, I can, actually can do it. December is the month here for Mohawk Honda. I got to keep an eye on the monitor. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whoa, whoa,
1: whoa, wait, wait,
0: wait. Yeah. No, Kyle was just impressed. Oh, okay. <laughs> So Mohawk Honda will continue to help you this month, this holiday season, whatever it might be. If you're looking for a pilot, take advantage of the pilot programs going on right now. And I mentioned those because I'm doing that. 2022 pilots coming old Gazi Bears away because they looked at the prices, worked with great people like Greg Johnson and Cam McKenna, and they helped with the price to find out it's going to fit my budget for the future. Do the same for yourself right now. Find the inventory. Call them today. Stop into Freeman's Bridge Road in Glenville and find out about the things that they can do for you this holiday season. Don't forget, Monday, December 20th, we'll be broadcasting LeVac and Gaz live from Mohonkanda from 4 to 6. And make sure to be a part of their 12 Days of Giving for more information on that. Check out their Facebook page where you can nominate your favorite charity this holiday season, and Mohawk Honda will go out to support them. Mohawk Honda, where they always go out of their way to please you. That was amazing. I'm impressed. (laughs) Eyes open. Less impressive. (laughs) (laughs) All right, are we diving into the Dynasty League? I want to take some heat. I don't know any of these dynasty guys besides you two, so I cannot wait. Or your brother? I'm not. Sure. He did make the playoffs, right? Your brother in this league or oh, no? Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. And Kyle, yeah. when you pull it up, are the the names? I'm gonna... not showing them.
0: I'm not nice. going to show.
2: Nice. This is going to be completely blind. I love it. I'm ready. My screen sharing. Is it though?
1: It says it's sharing.
0: Hey, there he is. All right. So this is it here. Let me pull up full screen.
2: Yeah, how do I I'm special.
0: All right, so I'm gonna just if if you're watching on our visual side, I'm leaning in like a second, I'm taking off my ring light here so I don't blind myself. Hang on. Oh, there we go. Now I <laughs> can do it. Beautiful. All right. Hey. You've got Brett Favre in the lineup. <laughs> All right, so who do we got on the left and the right here? And uh what are the no records? Names right gets, no We're names? Not All right. names.
1: We're gonna we're going to go just purely on the teams. No no thoughts. Is Chet in the playoffs? Am I in the playoffs? You don't know.
2: And I, and I will say for you guys, um, so give you like the format and just kind of an idea of what the league is, so this is a 12-team dynasty league. Um, this is the quarterfinals. Six teams make the playoffs, so top two seeds have a bye. So this is one of the quarterfinal matchups in a dynasty league, half point PPR.
1: You will also need to evaluate benches because some people have not set their lineups yet. You will see that in the next matchup.
0: <laughs> this is the opening round matchup. Oh my god, this is close. I mean, I'm looking for a weakness on either lineup and obviously they're playoff teams, so it's harder to find the weakness in the lineup. These Can are, I also, and, yeah. while you while you're weighing this guys? I am annoyed
2: cuz I noticed this this morning as well. There's no projections yet, which Yeah. I would step it up, man. But I guess it also – I like that it makes guys really go player to player and and try to figure out on his own which matchup looks better and not just rely on projections. I kind of like that.
0: This is tough. All right. So here's my here's what I'm settling on. Like you could go back and forth on every single left to right here and say, even, even, even. You've got multiple MVP candidates on these teams, right? I see Cooper Cup. I see Tom Brady out here. I see some really good players. Joe Mixon's had a fantastic season. Nick Chubb, if he was able to stay healthy. I'm leaning towards team on the left for just these two reasons. One, Jefferson just scored this past week. And also, I don't know if you saw the moment with him and his dad, where his dad wasn't cheering his cool. touchdown and everything else, right? Yeah. So because he might be more of an offensive threat now for the following week, I think that's the difference. Also, with and that is, I believe that is that Dawson Knox underneath him. Right. Oh, yeah. Yep. Josh Allen's playbook might expand a little bit here. We saw how much often they were throwing the football last week. And on the right side, Ty Johnson has been too inconsistent. And to have him be the running back, and I get it, it is so thick then at running back here in December, you got to put somebody in that spot. But because of the inconsistency of Ty Johnson over the last three weeks, I would lean team left, but this could be a single-digit Monday night decided game.
2: God, I don't know if you noticed this. So team on the right, the one that is forced to play Ty Johnson, had Derrick Henry. Imagine how dangerous that team would be. With most likely the top two MVP candidates in Cooper Cup, Derrick Henry, and Joe Mixon as RB2. That's almost an unstoppable team. That's,
0: That's a champion.
2: Theme. With Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that is it. And Rob Gronkowski, he really hit in a lot of his spots. His problem with UC is Ty Johnson is no depth. Is is depth important, Kyle? I forget. No. Okay, not important. Right. <laughs> All right. Moving on.
1: But so the only other thing I want to call out too about team left. I don't think Gallup stays in here. You got Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, and Michael Pittman on the bench. Um, I don't think it's as close as you think because I think when you put one of those guys in, that just bolsters that um, that lineup a lot. And like Chet said, I just know Henry. Um, I think Ty Johnson going against Miami could be a good matchup, but I, I like the, the team on the left. Do, do, should, I, should I show the names? Yeah,
2: now we can reveal it.
1: My cousin Jeff. Will be the winner versus Gardner Royce.
2: Of CBS Dix.
1: Guardy hit big time in his draft.
2: And and he almost won the number one seed um, due to some controversial matchups late in the season. But um, he did not win that number one seed.
1: Was he the beneficiary of both of those, by the way? Yes. Thought so.
2: Yep. And, And guys, just fill you in on that. He had multiple crucial matchups where his team underperformed and he got a victory because his opponent did not set full lineups. Oh, no! And one time, when I say not set a lineup, a quarterback wasn't played. And Ah. he won his matchup by like two or three points. Just devastating. Luckily, in this league, um, playoffs were determined a week ago. It was still seating was up for grabs, but it was very much clear-cut top six, bottom six. Um, And so it did not cost somebody a playoff spot, um, but it could have affected – the seeding big time, and it ended up not, not mattering as much. All right. Next matchup, Kyle.
1: So, also to note, also know for this next matchup, there are only six teams. So, the two top seeds have buys. Yes. Drew, you,
0: know, you know what? I still want to see the top two teams to see if they're actually the favorite. Yep. I'm going to close my eyes. So, uh, yeah. yeah. That the light? <laughs> That's the theme of this episode. Am I pulling up the top two right now?
2: Um, no, no, no. Go with go the next match quarterfinal matchup. Yeah. I just so want I to got look it at it the
0: know. names yeah. to be, in case it's you guys. And I'm God's me. eyes are just
2: tired, I think.
0: So why, why, is right. guys, why is it God's eyes closed? Because I didn't want to see the names. I had it all taken care of. Oh, oh look yeah. at you. All right, let me get close to the screen here. Battle through the sun. Get close Wait, to the microphone and God, throw it his headset. The
1: team on the left has Taylor Waddle both on the bench right now. He has not set
0: that lineup. Oh, they got Jonathan Taylor and Jalen Waddle on the left? Whoa.
2: Yeah, so you don't need to think about replacing Taylor with Williams and Waddle, Waddle with powder. Or or Galladay, but probably, probably Crowder.
0: God, these are stacked again. <laughs> I like the team on the right on this one, though. I know Jonathan Taylor's an MVP, and they're coming off a of bye week and everything else. And I think Waddle is, again, I said this back a month ago, is poised to have a potential A.J. Brown-like run. But that team on the right, my God. I mean, Austin Eckler. Melvin Gordon had a 20-point game in some leagues last week. Tyree Killen, the Chiefs are still battling for a playoff spot. Uh, the Chris Godwin thing feels like a coin flip every week with him and Mike Evans. Kelsey, oh, I think Foreman's due because of the Titans. I, I love the team on the right. I, I think the team on the right might beat 20 points. Nothing's wrong with the team on the left. and They're probably going to bank a little bit too much on Taylor, but I love that team on the right.
1: The only thing that scares me about the team on the right is the Chiefs' offense has been off. When you look at Hill and Kelsey, they have had, I think it's been, I think we're on week three of mediocre games. Not like we would expect from like the projected and like the 15 point game. I think they've had like a 10 and a 12 each and then single digit games last week. So um, I'm that's the only concern I have with, with chiefs players right now. It's it's that defense feels like its it turned it. That defense turned around. It feels like it's carrying it a little bit, but um, I also am terrified of Jalen Waddle this week. Uh, what he's going to do to some playoff matches going against the Jets, I think Waddle's points for a big game.
0: I think so, too. I think why I like that team on the right so much is, like, you got some 30s in there for potential. Like, you could see a 30-burger drop by a lot. The point of the Chiefs' offense is totally right, but just getting floated out there, that what if they have a good game? Like, what if looks he good? <laughs> he's really good. I would go team on the right by, like, 15 or 20 points.
2: Big note on this matchup. It just so happens that Thursday night football is Chargers Chiefs. So you're going to notice really early how this matchup's going to go. And another point about that, and Kyle just circled it the first one, how banged up is Austin Eckler? We saw him go down briefly on Sunday, short turnaround. But this is a playoff preview. This is a division championship preview. Like, this is a huge game for both the Chiefs and the Chargers. They're going to have to lay it all on the line, which I think will work in the favor of the team on the right, but I worry a little bit about the short turnaround with Eckler.
1: And I think the, te- the team on the right has some decisions to make too. Honestly, <laughs> think-
2: you think so, Kyle? Yeah, because it's me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I think this person is going to have to make some decisions.
1: But the real reason I think it's going to make a decision, I think Donta Foreman is a must start because that Pittsburgh defense cannot stop anybody.
2: But um, when you look at, like you into. said,
1: Austin Eckler banged up. Melvin Gordon, I don't think, is as banged up as, as they say. He just got that questionable from two weeks ago. Um, but James Robinson going against Houston's Houston's a juicy matchup. But I don't know what is wrong with Urban Meyer. Um, you might want to play your best running back and your best player on that team, <laughs> Urban, if you want to <laughs> even try to win a game, so whatever. Um, but when you got four running backs like that, um, all have good matchups, it, It's it's a little tough.
0: I think you're in good shape, Kyle. Just I hope don't, so. Don't overstress it, which yeah, is right. so. never said in fantasy.
2: <laughs> also, I guess one last thing that we didn't mention there is, um, you know, Josh Allen's leg. You know, how, In the walking boot, I feel like that was really precautionary because um, he played that whole game against Tampa and was explosive. Um, but does that limit him a little bit in Carolina to, to be seen?
1: Yep. And real quick, I am pulling up the other two matchups – I'm going to get rid of names again. You mean the
2: teams because they're on buys.
1: Yes. All right. Uh, All right. Is everybody ready for this? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to move this over and boom.
2: Team one.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Oh, I like the handcuff there of Dylan Jones, by the way. That's very smart. Whoever did that. Very good. Okay.
1: All right. I'm going to put this. Over here, I'm going to bring this right here, and there's team two on the right. This is team two. This is team one. Oh,
0: man. Boy, these are some, these are some deep teams. I like this. All right, so those are your top two seeds. All right, let's just off, off the top. Jalen Hurts is coming off a of bye week, so I don't even know if that benefits this team off of a bye week because I feel like Hurts is potentially – with. Bye
1: weeks. These guys don't even play.
0: Yeah, and that's what hurts them. I think they, if they somehow had played this week, they probably would have got a nice production out of these guys. Uh, Patterson, I kind of want to start calling him Cannoli Patterson because I feel like <laughs> Daryl Patterson needs a nickname. So Cannoli <laughs> Patterson with the Falcons fighting for a playoff berth. God, Deontay Johnson's projections have been all over the place. DK Metcalf had some donuts this season. Other side of it, Dalton Schultz, could you imagine if he takes you to the promise line? Could you imagine a backup running back for the Broncos is the difference? Dalvin? you know, the team on the right here, I feel like there's a lot more question marks than you want there to be because of the so, – Another yeah. thing,
2: I don't know if our faces are blocking some of the benches. Team on the right has
0: James Conner
2: and um, Chase Edmonds. So you could – and he's going to have some really, really tough decisions to make <sighs> with, um, you know – you're not, you're not taking out – look at his receivers. You're not taking out Lamb, Jefferson, or Samuel. It's really tough no. to do. So he's got to make the decision between Javante and Connor. Um, and that's going to be really tough because it looks like Chase Edmonds is going to be coming back. I think by the time he plays in two weeks in the semifinals, Edmonds will be back. And what will that backfield look like? Um, same thing on the left-hand side. You see um, DeAndre Swift is going to be coming back soon off of the shoulder injury. Terry McLaurin, Saquon Barkley, uh, most likely going to, have to be playing a lot of matchups and see who's going to be healthy in two weeks.
0: With all that point, I totally get it. Like, that's what's going to happen with these managers in the semifinals is that their decision could cost them the season. Yep. They are going to sweat and stare Ooh, and break down all the things. I like Kyle's team better than these teams. If I had to pick a winner to win this league, Ooh. I honestly would pick Kyle's team because of this thing you just said, Chet that because of the uncertainty of what's the right start for these teams, you've got to pull a Rashad Penny, uh, a St. Brown. Do you go with the match? Because there's a possibility somebody breaks out next week. I feel like just going through this, I like Kyle's teams better because I don't know what's going to hit this lineup in the semifinals. All right. Shall I show names?
2: I almost, wow,
0: I I'm wow. I'm assuming, Chet. I'm assuming this is the Davis brothers, isn't it? You the are Davis correct. Brothers. Matthew
1: Davis, the number one, or no, Chet, the number one seed. Matt, no, no, no. Three.
2: Matt's Matt's number one. Oh, Matt got the number one seed. So yeah, we're both ten and four, but he had a higher scoring output.
0: I'm not saying they're bad teams. I'm just looking at the like. You guys got some tough decisions to make when Christmas Eve hits at the Davis house next week. I don't know how often the gifts are going to be open. You guys are be like. Look, I know it's Christmas Day, but we gotta talk matchup. <laughs> <Yeah, no, laughs> That's gonna exactly. be the table discussion.
2: So, right and my I can't believe this. So uh, I will actually be with my brother on Christmas weekend. Um, it'll be his uh his son's first Christmas. But on Sunday, Bowie, my nephew, will be baptized at 1 p.m. Oh no. I already told him I'm not going. Like I'm, I'm not going, I'm like, who made this decision? And he's like, Jesus did. I don't know. Like <laughs> it's, happen- it's happening. at one o'clock. And I'm like, man, I hope you forget to set a lineup or something happens at the last minute. You're, you're in a church and you don't get service and Dalvin cook gets. I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, yeah, I couldn't buy. Like I texted him in all caps. What are you thinking? But uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I definitely, I think with my team on the left and we mentioned a lot of those injury concerns, I I went all out to win the first round bye. I had to make sure because of – you guys mentioned, you know, Jalen Hurts could put up a big number. Don't forget, he missed his last game. He had a bye last week. It was the Gardner Minshew show um, with him injured. So I want to just make sure these guys have enough time to heal up, uh, and I'm absolutely going to have to play matchups, and that's going to be really tough to do. Uh, Easily could make the wrong decision. But who knows, one of these guys or multiple guys could get hurt this week and then I have some some options because uh, at this point of the season, the waiver wire, there's nothing there. You're stuck with what you got. You can't make trades anymore, so you're rolling with the roster you got.
1: The other thing I want to point out about Chet's roster is he went for the win this year. He oh, went. Yeah. He suffered a lot of injuries on his team, and he gave up his first round pick next year for Stefan Diggs and uh, Saquon. Yep. So uh, Chet has some. Money keepers, though, which is is what why he can give up that first-round pick. But he went for the win this year, giving up his one for Diggs and Barkley.
2: Which is kind of funny because at the beginning of the year, uh, for a quick reminder, this yep. is the team I lost. My number one keeper was J.K. Dobbins, and I drafted him two days before he tore his ACL. Um, multiple other injuries along the way, with it being Logan Thomas. Uh, at one point, I had A.J. Brown, who was G-H-C- a keeper. the Um, so when I went into this season, I literally was playing for not getting last. I was like, I need to find a way where I can just kind of skate by, make sure I don't have to do a comedy set in public. Um, but then it, you know, I I played in a weaker division where I started hanging around and I was like, you know, I make a couple moves here. And I took advantage of teams that were out of the playoffs who wanted some draft capital, wanted some keepers. And then, uh, before you knew it, I was vying for that number one spot. And I was like, you know what? in a competitive league and you guys know this and anybody else that plays in a competitive fantasy league playoffs aren't guaranteed every year. Kyle and I have both both missed the playoffs in this dynasty league before. Um, you know things go wrong early in your season and you're out of it. And so being in it and being in the mix two wins away from winning the you know the most coveted league that we're in. So I went all out for it.
1: Chet definitely took advantage. Oh yeah. League e- e- quote easiest schedule but the team he somehow glued and spit on to to China and polish together is actually pretty pretty damn impressive.
0: I can't wait to see how this comes together. There are some top. This is going to be some tough matchups in that league. That's what I like to see too. Like matchups like that, that it's really going to come down to one play, one moment, one crazy performance. I'm excited for you guys, man.
2: Before Playoff before here. No, we, are, we are pushing the limits here on this. I think it's one of the longer podcasts we've had in the last couple months. <clears throat> We're gonna check the records real quick because we at the beginning of this podcast we did our MVP ballots. We're gonna go back. Um, I was pretty impressed with us guys. So early in the season we let we did our running back rankings and then we did a a reacher run on pass catchers. So for a refresher, do you guys actually remember your picks?
1: I remember. I remember my running back was Chubb and that.
2: Well, see, so yeah, the running backs I did not go back over because we oh, were all pretty consistent on who our top five was. We had a couple guys shuffled here and there. but So reach and runs, on. we did it on wide receivers or tight ends?
0: Kyle Pitts, I believe, was my re- uh, run to get Kyle Pitts.
2: No, you got your reach. You, you, you were in on Pitts. You were in on – actually, you cheated. You did three guys. The so guys <laughs> wanted to reach on Pitts, Brandon Cooks, and DJ Moore. I'll say that was like – I I don't think there was a right or wrong there. Those guys yeah. kind of actually went where we projected them, I think. Uh, Kyle's reach was Mike Gusecki, Um, not which terrible. had some great spots. You know, he kind of stayed in that top five tight end range. Which, by the way, do you guys know who the tight end number one is right now? I it's, it's, mm, No. Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews Ooh. got it. Significantly. Like, I think he's 20-plus like, 20, 20 on Kelsey, which is – was surprising to me. Um, and also, someone else is close to Kelsey as well. Oh, Kittle. Kittle's yes. massive two weeks have brought him all the way up to tight end three, um, which I think we're all kind of like, is this finally the downward side of Travis Kelsey? After like a month of questionable play, has he finally played himself out of being a number one first-round pick? Dawson
1: Knox climbing to four. You love That's him. what I'm saying. What being I'm a saying. leader in touchdowns too, huh? Look at that. Would you look at that?
2: Chet's reach, <clears throat> Debo Samuel. You're welcome to anybody who did that. Um, which, by the way, and Kyle brought this up of, you know, looking to see where guys finish on the MVP ballot. In most of my leagues, the person who had Debo Samuel was the number one. Is the number one seed? My brother in the Dynasty League, myself in the Godzilla League. Debo was that pick. If you got him, you thought you were getting a flex play, and you got your wide receiver one. Our runs, guys. Oz was running away from Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. What great advice that was. Chet was running away from Juju. We had an injury on that one. I didn't think that was coming. Kyle, do you remember who you ran away from?
1: I don't. And I, Was it Mixon?
2: Nope. You've hated this guy all year. And he's proven oh, Deontay wrong. Johnson. Deontay Johnson. What is Deontay Johnson right now? Wide receiver what? I actually don't know off the top of my head, but I think he's, he's top one. <laughs> uh, nine. Number nine. nine, love me some Deontay Johnson, which the injury to Juju also helped the situation, which that was part of Kyle's point is you liked Juju and you liked uh, Claypool. All right. Last thing before we go, we did some prop bets at the beginning of the year with, oh, my, yeah. with my 10 teams that I uh, embarked on, which by the way, what a journey it has been. Um, I didn't realize I gave like, you guys such a softball question. I said, what are they going to have a winning record? And you both said, yes. You both get a point. I finished with a 65% winning percentage, which I forget the actual – Oh, 90 and 49 was my overall record in the 10 leagues. So you both get a point. We still have a pending prop bet of winning one and a half titles. You both went with the over, which – I won't give this away yet because I'm going to add a prop bet. We didn't have enough prop bets on this, so I'm going to ask you both to write down how many of my ten leagues did I make the playoffs. And you're going to write down a number, and whoever's closer gains a point. Okay. Let me know when you guys are ready.
0: I believe I remember the spread. from so he actually
2: did do a spread on this, which I was surprised by.
0: And I think yeah. I'm going to stick I, with my well, original thoughts. I'll show it when you guys are ready. Chet, how, well, it was how many did you make the playoffs
2: in? Yep. Of um, the 10 leagues, how many did I make? So you're going to pick an exact number. Okay. Ready? Three, two, one, reveal. Kyle with eight. gods with seven. Kyle was on the money.
1: Wow! I, was, I almost picked nine. I almost picked nine. The
2: spread yeah. was six and a half, I believe. No? So I couldn't find that in our archives, <laughs> our archive searching that I did. Um, but a couple of last, last week, I actually dropped out of two leagues and got into a playoff. So I went back two steps, went in a step. So I made it in eight leagues. Um, this one is great. We had an over-under on how many trades I would make. Oh, yeah. Seven, seven and a half was the I over. Kyle took the over. Gaz said under because he knew I was in a lot of random leagues that would be tough to trade in. The number of trades I made. Can I guess? Can I guess? Sure. Uh, Eleven. Seven again. Gaz on the money. Oh, I made seven trades. Uh, four in Dynasty, two in the Godzilla, and one in another Friends League. I made seven trades, so Gaz gets the point in there. Uh, so it's all going to come down to titles, which you guys both pick the over. So now, what I'm going to ask you to do, you know, I'm in eight leagues. I'm in the playoffs actively at eight. I'm going to let you write down an exact number. Don't reveal it, Kyle. (laughs) You're watching on the visual side. Kyle already gave it away. I
0: didn't didn't see it. I really didn't see it. And
2: so we're going to ask, how many titles am I going to win? Exact number to win the prop bet and a case of beer. All
0: right.
2: Ready? Three, two, one, reveal. Oh! Is that total, Kyle?
1: It was two. It was only two.
2: Oh, no. so you two? I'll, I'll,
1: I'll take the bigger man,
2: three. All right. Oh, he's going over. So Kyle's going to take the over on two.
1: Because I was going to give you two because I was being selfish, saying you're not going to win the dynasty. I'll give you the third because I think you might you might sweep out the dynasty.
2: That's it, boys. So those are the that's the new prop bet for a case of beer is going to be determined by how shitty I do in the playoffs. Can can we real quick
1: also from the one of the final prop bets? Wide receiver eleven.
2: He's wide receiver 11. Wait, did we say regular season or keeps going? I think it, I think it was.
0: I believe I it was regular season. Oh, we yeah, of course for you do, guys.
2: You <laughs> fucker. Wide receiver 11. He was
1: behind <clears throat> Stefan Diggs by
2: 3.8 points. No. <laughs> and he almost had that touchdown run this past week. That would have done it. Wow. As much as I wanted to see guys naked.
1: So what was, what was
2: it if he wasn't? And we
0: all didn't have to see him naked. <laughs> oh, <I was laughs> the sh- oh, shirtless in public, but my brain power or four points, whatever you want to give credit for, save for that.
2: <laughs> oh, man. Oh, oh, one last thing, I guess, before we go, guys, that I wanted to touch on. Uh, if anybody is still listening at this point, Bravo, it's a long episode. Little advice, and you guys can weigh in on this. It's It's do or die time. Do you run away from Monday night games with the COVID outbreak? So, we saw this this past weekend where Tyler Higby, morning of the game, gets ruled out with COVID. If you are in a situation where you're determining your flex, you're having to roll with a guy like, for instance, with me, I had KJ Osborne in my lineup this past weekend in a playoff matchup. So, if you have those coin flip guys where you're really hoping for a, a Van Jefferson 60 yard touchdown or a big play, but you have a couple of options. Do you lean towards Sunday guys because you know they're going to play as opposed yes. to waiting until Monday? We had the highest amount of positive COVID cases since the pandemic started yesterday. I just opened my phone. Jarvis Landry just got placed on COVID. So this is going to happen all week. We're going to see guys get thrown on this list. I personally am going to go with guys where if it's 1 o'clock and I know they're playing, I'm going to feel way more comfortable than waiting till Monday.
0: Go ahead, guys. Yes, because two reasons. One of what you just said about COVID and two, if you've got a lead on some of your games and you've got someone Monday lineup, like let's say you got a four point lead and your opponent's done, I'm so for the, you can bench your Monday guy. Like I know uh, it takes the intrigue out of it, but if you want to bench a Monday guy with the lead, I think that's a fair play. It's like taking a knee.
1: I I, I understand that, but I'm going to go with no. And the reason I say no is just because we're in crunch time now. If you're in a 16 playoff, at least 4 of them are good. So when you look at that you're at some point you're going to have to ride with who you had and hope it works out for you. If it doesn't, I don't know we talked about this at length last year about what covid is going to mean for fantasy football and everything like that, but just be ready on Monday night for waiver claims. That's what you got to be. You got to make sure you you honestly if you have I think how I would put it is if you have one or two people playing on Monday night football, make sure you have one or two open roster spots. Because you well, need understand
2: either leave your roster spot open or make sure your IR spot is open. Um, yep. If Let's say, because for the Monday night game, it's Vikings-Bears. You're not dropping Justin Jefferson. If Justin Jefferson get test positive for COVID, you're going to need him if you win this playoff game for your next round. So you cannot drop him. You need to have a, either a roster spot open or an IR spot open, and then you're going to have to grab a KJ Osborne or someone else to throw in your flex. That's the last piece of advice before we say goodbye. Make sure people do not do this enough. If you have a flex spot on someone who plays a primetime game, that's who goes in your flex. Yes. It may look dumb to put Dalvin cook in your flex. No, that's a smart play because you're going to need more options to fill that whether it be a wide receiver or a tight end. If All Dalvin right. goes out for whatever reason, great okay.
0: piece of advice, Chad, I love how more
2: important that. than ever to do that.
0: Best piece of advice for the playoffs. Love it guys. I'm going to make sure on our, by the way, our episode description, that's what we're going to end with. Best piece of playoff advice. Maybe the best piece of the history of the show. Go win your league,
2: baby. Except for you, Kyle.
0: Close your eyes and enjoy the playoffs.